All right. This is the first episode of a podcast that I'm making basically for myself. So if anyone is listening, thank you. Um, my name is Jason Chow. And I'm Hannah Chow. She's my wife. That's why we have the same last name. And we haven't come up with a name for this podcast yet, so I guess we'll do that next time. But uh, it's really, for me, um, a way to process, to say publicly, I think a lot of the things that I have been feeling and thinking about the George Floyd protests, the current state of chaos in America and the world, the quarantine, um, and a lot of those things. So this is the first episode. Um, I thought, I think that one of the things that I wanted to get out of the way is just like givens, um, which are, this is not the place where we're going to, so for example, if you don't believe that there's any racism in America, if you don't believe there's any systematic racism in America, then just stop listening right now, <laughs> because and it, we don't, I, honestly, it's like, this is not the place where we're going to argue those things, right? Because I think that there's plenty of argument of that going on. And if you want to argue that, I don't want to argue that with you. <laughs> that seem fair? Fair. Um, I think that another given uh, is that there is a system or there is police brutality so if you're going to be one of those people that is like, oh, all cops are good cops, then, yeah, stop listening as well. Fair. Anything else? I think that's pretty good. I think, also, I think, as a given, it's that there's going to be a lot of learning happening. Like, I think that as we do this conversation, it's that we don't have all the answers, we're not... Uh, we might flip-flop later the more information we get, and I think that's a given. A given is that no one has all the right answers or all the right whatever. Yes, uh, and I think another thing for me is that, you know, we're going to be talking about Jesus, we're going to be talking about Christianity from the perspective of a Christian. So if you are not a Christian, I hope that you will still listen, but know that that's not the point. Of, like Our point here is not to convince you that Jesus is real, although I love doing that. But we are going to be talking from that perspective. Um, yeah. I had That's something else, too, but I forgot. Uh, and I think in light of that, you know, one of the things I think for me to really start off with is to what degree, like those givens, right? I think it is very clear that there are people who do not, <laughs> do not agree with those givens, right? There are people who think there is no racism, right? That all these protests or just, you know, like some conspiracy theory. And I think a thing that I've struggled with is to what extent can we change those people's minds? And I think there is a spectrum, right? There is a spectrum of people. There's the outright racists, right? Who are, you know, clan members, right? Grand wizards, whatever that is, right? I do think that's not as many people as sometimes is portrayed, which sucks actually more. I kind of wish that there was just a bunch of Klansmen, right? Because 
It's an easier enemy. <laughs> yeah, it's an easy enemy, right? It's just like that guy wearing a hood, right? It's, but I think the reality is in America, there's so many, so many more incidental racists, accidental racists, you know, unthinking, unintentional racists, and we are all in effect on that spectrum to some degree. And so the question I think is. How much can we change those people's minds? If we thought it thought of the spectrum of like zero to a hundred percent racist, I think we're all in agreement, or most people are in agreement. Hundred percent racists, you know, it's an act of God that's going to change their mind, right? Does it happen? Yes, but it's not worth like waiting for. But where along that spectrum does where along that spectrum is it worth waiting for?、Mm-hmm. These protests, activism, what we're talking about, is it? Am I trying to change the mind of the forty percent racist? Am I trying to change the mind of the sixty percent racist? Am I trying to change the mind of the eighty percent racist? I think what makes me feel less hopeful is that I think that like up to I think that like. <laughs> I think you could only change the minds of like the twenty percent racists. Wow, that's <laughs>、like、pretty low. Maybe thirty, right? But I wouldn't even go that far. Like, I think that there are so many people. I think that the Trump election showed it. I think that the response to these protests is showing it. I think that Drew Brees, which we'll talk about later, is showing it. Right? Like, yeah, the people who and again that. That thirty percent racist means that they are not being intentionally racist. They're not like black people are whatever, right? They think of themselves as even to a degree open-minded and progressive, and yet racism shapes them. I don't think you can change their minds. Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to really depend how you defend.、Oh, sorry, define that spectrum,、um, and I think. Well, yeah, a lot of what racism when we look at systemic racism is is simply people not caring enough to see how the system benefits whites to the detriment of minorities, right? And so when it comes to、uh, white Americans and, and Asian Americans, right, like、um, a lot of us benefit from systemic racism,、um, and so I think. More than that scale, what I look at is I, I, the way I see is like I think the people you can convince are the people who start to see like the outline of systemic racism within the country. That's why I think the given is so important. Like once you kind of see like oh like they are being treated differently. Once you see that light, I think that plus. So it's not just seeing the light, right? Because a lot of a lot of People will say, "Oh yeah, like it's you know, like it's it's you know, there is racism, right?" But I think it's that plus a flashpoint, right, where there is a current event that is so blatant and polarizing in the fact that one side is clearly right <coughs> that、um, kind of shoves the nation's consciousness into. Action, or at least reaction, right? And I think that's what we have right now with George Floyd and these protests. It's people through this video saw like racism, systemic racism,、um, uh, the treatment of African Americans so clearly, and when that's coupled with a 
question of how and why and maybe seeing and fusing and coalescing these this idea that America is not the same for everyone, I think that's the people who I would say are like kindling, right? Like they're on fire, there's a little smoke. And then if they have the right information and they care and you blow, fire. So I think yes, and maybe it's a reframing in my mind that even as you're saying it, is I think it is the people that already cared, but they just did not care. It's not that, I, I know it sounds harsh, but it's not it's that they didn't care enough, right? No, I, I think that's like, fair. Yeah, and <laughs> the honest truth is like, everyone over 35 doesn't seem to be in that category. And I'm like pushing it, right? Like, <laughs> like, so maybe it's like, maybe in like two years, like I'll be one of like, and so, you know, to what degree are these protests about trying to convince those over 35 everybody? You know, like, I think my one of my struggles is that I don't, I don't think they'll change. I don't think they'll, you know, like, mm -hmm. I think that any everybody I know over 40 seems so set in their ways mm -hmm. that this does nothing. And... So the protests, if it, when I see the protests through the lens of we're trying to wake these people up, right? Like, then I feel hopeless. Which I think like for me, the, the thing that is kind of shifting that is like John Boyega's speech in London. Cause basically it was like, I don't give a crap about them, right? Like this is just the people that care realizing like, no, we're not gonna wait for them anymore. Like we're not gonna wait for them to change their minds. I think that is more encouraging for me because you know, that's the history of revolution, right? The reality is most most colonists didn't give a crap about the American Revolution one way or the other, right? They're like, we just want it over. It was like one third of the population Yeah, or they right? actually cared enough, right, to fight. Every revolution that I've studied, mostly through Revolutions Podcast, which any of you <laughs> should listen to if you want some context for all this stuff, right? Like, I do feel like if this is a revolution, then... The honest thing is, like, that makes me more encouraged. Now, not like an armed, you know, like, we're going to... A coup d'etat. Yeah, not a coup d'etat, <laughs> but, like, that mentality of, yeah, we are going to change this system not with the people in power's mm. help, right? Like, we're going to force that change because <laughs> we, want, we want to, right? And because it, it's a better world. Yeah, I think the most... The, you know, the person who really helped me to put all these bricks together was, you know, Trevor Noah. If you haven't seen his daily show, one of his segments recently, he talked about how there are all these dominoes, all these pieces that have been put together to create this massive uprising swell in America, right? From COVID to, to um, from COVID-19, having everyone stuck in their homes, you know, people don't have jobs because of COVID, right? So we see these videos of Ahmaud Arbery, you know, George Floyd, uh, hearing the story of Breonna Taylor, uh, and and it's just percolated and permeated every aspect of our society. And I think just the back-to-back -back nature of all these videos has really um, saturated the minds of Americans who maybe wouldn't have cared as much, but uh, have the... Uh, uh, have the, uh, I guess, capacity to do it now. And I do want to say, I think it's so unfortunate that the awakening of America to this racial injustice comes at the price of 
you know, black bodies and brown bodies being um, destroyed, basically. And I think that is tragic and cr and cruel. You know, I, you know, we should have been listening to our black Americans and brown Americans this whole time. Um, but uh, there is this moment now where the world and, and we are all watching. And I do wonder, you know, you talked about the age thing, right? Like, um, maybe there is something, right? Everyone who is in their, you know, millennials, right? Are like in our, our t entering our 30s now. I mean, we're the 9-11 generation, right? Our world has been shaped by that. We're, we ha we're the internet generation, right? Where we understand cameras and cell phone videos, right? And, and so I, I do, there could be an age thing. I mean, I do see on Twitter, people of all ages caring, <laughs> but... But changing yeah. their minds. Oh, I, think, I see, I see. Yeah, because I think over 40, it's like people that, you know, were already... Like, people who already knew that there was systematic racism are now like, yes, there is systematic racism. But I don't see people over 40 who were blind to, like, being like... I don't see anyone really saying, oh, I changed my mind. I see a lot of people, like... They're realigning their political correctness of how they say that they <laughs> haven't changed their minds, right? Like... Although, I will say there was one guy on Facebook, <laughs> and then it was posted on Twitter, where he apologized to Colin Kaepernick. He was like, four years ago, I publicly criticized you. Just a, a normal dude. Uh -huh. um, but then, you know, I am so sorry, I believe you. And I was like, oh, so, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, well, oh. I'll, I'll take it. Yes. And um, so I... I we are we are recording this with our children in the house because of COVID nineteen. And I, it's funny because it's actually a good segue right into you know the the last portion of this, which um, you know for the next episode we're going to talk about our individual journeys to where we are right now. Um, but I think the thing is for me, like as an Asian American, in the way I've grown up, right? Because I don't want to generalize all Asian Americans, but in the way that I've grown up. I think I haven't realized how much I, those over 40 white people that I want to say I don't care, there is so much of me that still cares what they think, mm -hmm. right? There's still so much of me that cares what my parents think about me, right? My parents' friends think about me, right? And even like right now with the protests, what I see in more and more black people is them saying F the establishment, F the white people, F the establishment, F the people in power, right? Like, we don't care what they think anymore. Like, mm -hmm. again, like what John Boyega said, like, we're not going to wait for them anymore. We're not going to wait for them to condone what we're doing. We're not going to wait for them to, like, understand us even. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's past that. We're just going to we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fight for justice, right? Like, whether or not you want us to fight for justice, we're gonna fight for justice. I think what has made it hard for me like, I feel ashamed, you know, that I haven't really said anything for the last week and a half as all this is going on. And I, but I, I admit that part of the reason for that is I still care what those people think, mm -hmm. right? I still care what those critics think. And, and I don't know how to stop. But let's push I think I want to push back on that a little bit. Well, first of all, as Asian Americans growing up in cultures that are very collectivist, right? We we are taught <clears throat> growing up to to care about the group, right? And it's not a bad thing, right? Like we can't pit individualism versus collectivism, right? Like there is so much good in being 
part of a group, right? So that's one. Number two is I think um, when we look at, you know, people saying like, oh, like, when we see when we see people like, like I care what white people think. I think that's as a Christian, I think that makes sense, right? Like that we want to love our neighbors. We want to uh, bring them and show them the light and the love of Christ, right? And I think the question is, how do we convince them, right? If if the way we, if we I think the struggle actually is if is do I speak up or not speak up? And I think the answer is we have to speak up because they have to hear the truth. Now we can't shove it down their throats. We can't make them you know, drink from the water, but we, our job isn't to placate them, right? Our job is to show them. And I think that's hard for me maybe as, as somebody that has lived so much of my life as a teacher. And it's funny, I used mm-hmm. to always joke of that I liked doing youth ministry better because kids think they have all the right answers, but at least they're willing to be proven wrong, whereas adults are not, right? Like, you know, like youth ministry is great because like they say all the same stupid stuff that adults say, but then they're like, but what do you think? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Like, whereas adults don't do that. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, like that, that struggle is okay. Do I have the courage really? to speak that truth to people in power, even if they're close to me, even if they're in my family or in my friend circles or in my church, knowing that they will not agree, knowing that they will criticize me, knowing that they will say stupid racist things, right? Knowing that they won't change their minds. And then, you know, I, I do think maybe this is my, my upbringing is like, do you wait for them? Right. And my struggle is my temptation is you have you have to keep saying and keep saying and keep saying until you they change their minds and then you make the systematic changes. And I I know that is my temptation. I know that is wrong. It's like no, like I think as Christians, yes, we must speak truth and grace. But then we change the system even without your permission. If the system change is in your benefit, right? Like a world of, of America with less racism, a world with less racism is better for white people. Like we have to believe that. Mm-hmm. Like it is better for the racist white people. Like, you know, like a world that like that. And so even if you, even if they don't support it, even if like, how do, we do this saying we are going to fight for these changes we are going to revolt not in attack of you not in in spite of those people right but even like saying yeah we are fighting you for your own benefit right like like yeah. they're, it's like they're children right like you know like we're making you go to sleep right because you need to go to sleep right it's like we're going to make you change these systems in America because it's the right thing to do and it's actually better for you. And even as I say those things, I it's like I I I don't know how much courage I have to actually follow through on it. It's hard. I think speaking about anything is hard because we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be uh, dragged over any sort of coals on the left or the right. 
Um, but I think as Christians, we can be the most humble. We can be the quickest to apologize. We can be the first to say that I'm sorry and that I'm learning. And as Christians, we can be the first to show grace, which is hard sometimes, <laughs> I'll admit. But yeah, I, I think, and I think that's why this podcast, as you, as we kind of limit the audience, right, to people who understand some of these givens, like that should give freedom and hope and courage, right? And again, those people who don't want to, they're not going to listen to you, <laughs> you know? That's true. They've already stopped listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Like this is to encourage... <laughs> Why why it's next problem areas, which is I definitely encourage anyone to to watch it. The very first episode, like the very first minute, he's like, "I'm sorry, guys. This whole season is about policing," and the camera starts to leave the room. <laughs> he's like, "Wait, wait, 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 come back." And I was like, "Yeah, they're gonna leave. They've already stopped listening." Yeah. So, yeah, I I I think that still we are called to love and to be light and salt however that looks. That's a great way to end this episode, so we can move on to the next one. You're welcome.